Today, I want to jump back into Luke 2, where we were a week ago, but I want to look, I want to ask you to bear with me. I get this question a lot, and it shocks me, but it happens every Christmas, where families will say, Chuck, can you give us a few hints on how we can best introduce the real Christmas story to our family? And I find that amazing because I think we all know the real Christmas story. I mean, you know, you could just watch Charlie Brown Christmas and take that segment where Linus, you know, reads the Isaiah passage. I mean, you could go there. Or it's possible that you could take Luke 2 and pull a piece or two out of that. So we're actually preparing for you. We're going to film it this Wednesday. Two separate videos. One of them is a tool for parents to just kind of show you how to do a Christmas devotion on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve that's like three or four minutes long just so you can make sure you insert Jesus into your day. And then for the folks who'd say, Chuck, I don't care how you want to equip me. I can't do that. Can I just push play and you do it? Then we'll have a second one and I'll just do it for you in your house. But we want you to be able to take the story of Christ and insert it into your Christmas to make sure that's a part and, and, and a central part of what happens that day. But because people ask, I wanted to go to this text and, and ask the question, how do we, especially Christians, how are we to celebrate Christmas? Because it seems to me like what we do a lot of is we do a lot of eating, we do a lot of drinking, we do a lot of shopping, we do a lot of wrapping, we do a lot of running back and forth to different places. We have parties, we have fun parties, we have parties we have to go to, then we have parties we really don't want to go to, but we do go to. And when we go, we gripe all the way there. When we get there, it's not that bad. But on the way home, we talk about the people at the party we didn't want to beat at. I've rehearsed this. But I want you to know that I... I think there's so much more to simplifying Christmas and surviving, even thriving in this chaos of the season. Because like you, I mean, this is a crazy season for us as well. And, and you know, it's interesting that it seems as though uh, the world steps in and takes away a lot of joy at times that we have and we want for Christmas. Like, I don't know what all's going in your life. I know many of you, and there are a lot of folks in this room, and there are a lot of folks online right now that are thinking, I got a lot of junk going on in my life, Chuck, that's keeping me or robbing me from this joy of Christmas. It's, it's money, it's health, it's kids, it's aging parents, it's whatever it is. It's, it's addiction, it's, uh, it's an ugly divorce, it's whatever it is. But I, I do think that there is absolutely positively a way where you can insert the Christ of Christmas into this chaotic season and you can do more than just survive it. You might actually look back and say, what a great season this was. And I want to help you try to do that because this is why Jesus came. The best and greatest way to celebrate Christmas is by becoming a follower of Jesus. The single greatest way that you can share with your family the story of Christmas is to be a follower of Jesus. Amen. What I get a lot of, and I get a lot of it from wives, is wives that will say to me, Chuck, what, keep, leave that up there for a little bit, guys. What can I do to ensure that my husband will be the spiritual leader and the spiritual head of my home? And, and, and honestly, I want to speak to you dads and guys and say this to you. The single greatest way that you can be the spiritual leader of your home, <coughs> excuse me, and to lead your children well, and to make sure Christ is at the center point of Christmas for you, is to ensure today that you are a follower of Jesus. 
You see, the entire reason Jesus came was for you. <coughs> Swallowed wrong, sorry. Happens, you get old. And what I, what I found is, though, is that we, we gravitate toward everything else that Christmas is. Hold on a second, I got to get rid of I had to chase him down, but I got it. <laughs> Christmas, I believe, is best summed up in, thank you, big sexy. That really is his nickname. I ain't kidding. I did his son's wedding a couple weekends ago. I just have to tell you all this. It had nothing to do with the sermon. But I, I got done with the, you know, I do's and you do's and we don'ts and they did's. And so I, I said, okay, she's all yours now. Kiss the bride. And when I did, I reached back and patted him on the hind end. And I wish you could have seen the faces in that crowd. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I saw grandmas go. <laughs> Just consider that if my, you're on my wedding schedule this year. <laughs> but the Christ of Christmas, the story, how we live that, I believe is found in this whole hymn, the old, the old Christmas carol. Good Christian men rejoice with heart and soul and voice. Now you need not fear the grave. Jesus Christ was born to save. This is Christmas. I mean, somewhere in all of the gifts, somewhere in all of the music, we lost this one concept that Jesus Christ was born to save. To save who? You. Well, wait a minute, though. But Chuck, I'm a good person. What am I to be saved from? Well, anyone can understand the answer to that question, and anyone can understand Christmas in just three statements. You ready? Number one, I am a sinner. Let's just start right there. Now, you might say, Chuck, I came on a Christmas Sunday in the rain, in the cold, and I don't need you throwing guilt on me about this. So let me take all that off of you and say, I, Chuck Allen, am a sinner, just like you. As a matter of fact, I'm probably a bigger sinner than you. As a matter of fact, we're all pretty rotten. I mean, if you just get to the core of Christmas, it starts at, at creation. God created the heavens and the earth. God created man and woman. God looked upon his creation of the heaven and the earth, and he said, it's good. And he looked at the creation of man and woman, and he said, that's very good. And he said, all, all you got to do is enjoy everything I've given you. Just don't eat from that. And what did they do? Immediately, they did that. Now, you know, doesn't that sound like us? I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times my mom said, Chucky, don't do that. And you know the first thing I did? That. Mama, I, I, why didn't I think about that when I, was try, when I had little kids? Like, if I'd had little kids, you know what I said? Go ahead, touch that. You know what I need you to do? Put your hand right on that hot stove. Go ahead. You know what it'd be? Uh-uh. <laughs> but the fact is, we're, we're all sinned. From that moment, sin entered the world. Now watch this. God, our creator and sustainer, creates the heavens and the earth, creates man and woman. Man and woman, by their choice, let sin come into God's perfect world, and there's a separation. There's a big gulch between God and us. And, and for the rest of humankind, all the way through you right now, there's a separation between God and us. 
So I want you to imagine that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the triune Godhead is in heaven and they look upon the earth and they see all of the messed up part of this earth. Now, just hang with me here for a minute. Let's just assume that sitting over to my right, your left, there were three thrones. And on those thrones sat God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. As they watched this room, and as they watched this room, they would look at each individual person and they would ponder in their heart, this is what I know about them. This is what I know about them. This is what I know about him. This is what I know about her. And as they ponder and look over that, God, the Father, reached over to God the Son and said, you know, I know where they were Friday night. I know their attitude last night. I know when they turned away from me on Wednesday. I know when they didn't trust me on Tuesday. So he reached over to the Son and he said, I'm going to send you as a baby. And I'm going to wrap you in human skin and you're going to be born in a filthy little stable, and your mommy's gonna be a teenage single mom, and she's gonna give birth to you, and she and some dude named Joseph are gonna wrap you in swaddling clothes. And the son looked to the father and said, okay, I love them too. And I bet the angels around them stopped and said, now, wait a minute, you're going to send part of us there in the, in the middle of that to do what? He, he's going to be born in a barn, raised as a young carpenter, live a sinless, perfect life, but then he's going to do all that for them, and they're still going to, they're still going to crucify him and he's going to be buried in an old cold tomb, and he's going to do all that for them? And God the Father said, yeah. And Jesus came, and the word Emmanuel stepped into our world, God with us, and he came for you and for me. And he did that for that first statement. Guys, put it back up. I am a sinner. So I want to make sure that you're with me on this. Jesus would have had no reason to have come and given us this season if it had not been for us being sinful people. Man, that's just not a Christmas message, is it? But the three simple messages, Christmas came because I am a sinner. The second reason is this, is one statement. As a sinner, I need a Savior. Now, you can fill in the, fill in the blanks in the back. Bobby's laughing at me. But I want you to take it and hang on to it all week long. I am a sinner, and as a sinner, I need a Savior. So when Jesus steps into earth and he lives and grows up and becomes the son of God, we know as the son of man, we know this Jesus came and never performed any sin, but we do know that Jesus came, and because we are sinners, he said, I will give you forgiveness. I'll be the last sacrifice you ever need, and I will die and shed my blood, my body will be broken, and I'll give my life to pay for your sin. And you know what? We all said, I can't believe somebody do that for me. I mean, every now and then, don't you get a gift where you're just like, 
wow, that blows my mind. I can't get over saying, wow, that blows my mind. Jesus did that for me. By the way, I can't believe he did it for you. I can't believe he did it for us. You see, he said that you were a sinner. He said that as a sinner, we needed a savior. And he said, I'll be your savior because Jesus Christ is that savior. He is the only one. He is the only one that could give his life that we might have life. And the Christmas story is best understood in those three sentences. I'm a sinner. As a sinner, I need a savior. Jesus Christ is that savior. And that Christ came that I might have Christmas. How beautiful is this? But let us determine, just like the text in Luke chapter 2, let us determine to be a shepherd this Christmas. And as a shepherd, let's listen to the text in Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 17. When they had seen him, meaning the shepherds had seen Jesus, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Let us determine to be a shepherd this Christmas, because this passage would suggest there's four ways for you and your family to celebrate Christmas. Number one, tell others about Christ. The shepherds came back and listened to what they said. They spread the word concerning what, what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. One of the, one of the key factors in the life of this church and one of our great values is this. I believe when you openly speak on the things of God, God will move in amazing ways. And I want to ask you parents, would you have the courage this Christmas to openly speak on the things of God with your children? Now, you might say, well, Chuck, it's going to be hard. They've heard my foul mouth for so long. Well, let me just stop and say, you're not alone. I mean, I know there are some of y'all in here that's never, I, there are some of you who there's never been a word crossed your lips that were nasty. I'm not one of you, but I get, I, I know y'all are out there. But could I just say to you, if there's anything that I would say, if you want to make sure Christ doesn't leave your home this Christmas, tell your children the story of Jesus. You say, well, Chuck, I just don't know what I can. Okay, but you can. Read Luke 2. Talk about it. This is why Jesus came. And you know what is wonderful? Hey, Dad. If you're thinking, I can't go from who they know me to be to talking about the things of God like that, you're wrong. You really can. And the moment you do, I'll promise you, your kid will hear it and they'll start living it because they want you to tell them the real deal. So I want to encourage you, tell others about it. Secondly, don't stop in your humanity. Don't stop being amazed. Be amazed at the event itself. Think about this. Jesus the second part of the Godhead left the glory of heaven, was born in the filth of a manger for you. I can't believe he would do that for me. I can't believe he would love me that much. I can't believe he loves you that much. And yet, when God the Father said, son, go for them, he came for you. And you say, but well, Chuck, he didn't come for me. 
I'm a this or I'm a that or I'm addicted to this or I'm addicted to that. You'd be the first person he came for. Well, Chuck, you don't understand. I can't talk about the things of God. I got the foulest mouth you ever heard in your life. It's all I can do to get out of church without it. I know he came for you. Well, Chuck, you don't understand. I, you, hear me. Christmas came for you. He has not given up on you. The same Jesus that came to Bethlehem wants to come to your heart in Sugar Hill right now. He's come for you. Tell others about it. Be amazed at it. And do as, as Mary did and ponder on his meaning. I love this about Mary. She, she would have been a teenager. And she had to have been scared out of her socks. Well, actually, she wouldn't have had socks, but you know what I mean. You know, it's one thing for me to look at Sue and I think to myself, you know, I wonder what, wonder what Sue's writing down on that piece of paper. I mean, is she filling the blanks or is she making her recipe for what she's going to cook for Christmas Eve? And, you know, I can think about that for a second. But honestly, Sue, I'm probably not going to ponder on it. It's just, uh, I do, are you taking notes, by the way? Okay. But you see, to ponder on it, I'd take it and I'd put it in my heart and I'd, I'd weigh it heavily. I'd try to determine its importance and what it means. Mary took the birth of this baby, the second part of the Godhead that she had given birth to and pondered this in her heart. She weighed it heavily. I, I want to ask you, this is why we're creating this for you for Christmas Day, that you might be able to ponder the things of God, the story of Christ into Christmas, you might ponder it in such a way that your life is always changed. I want to challenge you this week, get up every morning and ponder what you are grateful for. Every morning, wake up and write down two things. I am grateful for this. And I want you to, I want to build some mutual accountability. Every day this week, I will post on Facebook these two things I am grateful for right now. Would you join me and do the same thing on yours? You say, well, I don't do FB. Okay, whatever. Would you send, them, send a text to me? All right, send, send me an email. But whatever you do, ponder these things of Christ coming for you in your heart so that you might be able to know deep down Christmas is for you. That to be amazed about Christmas, you don't have to lose that when you're a kid. I'm more amazed about it today than I've ever been. I cannot believe he'd come for this messed up person. And then finally, do what they did. The shepherds, said, the, the Bible says they went away, they glorified and they praised God, they sang. I mean, these were, these were shepherds and they're singing. I mean, there's no Leanne with a microphone. I mean, there's no Zach with a cool hat. I mean, there's, there's no Austin hanging around with that thing. He's got cockeyed sideways on his head. I mean, we, we didn't have all those cool people. But they went away and I, why not come back tonight and let your kids sit right next to you and just sing your guts out? And let that little boy, one of, the, one of the greatest things I can remember about my dad, I can remember being a little boy, and my dad had massive hands. I'd reach up and grab a finger, and I could hear my dad singing. And I thought to myself, that's what men do. Men sing. So that's, that's why Jenny has to reach over and hit me every now and then. It's like, Chuck, you're too loud. You don't even know the words. I just make stuff up down there. But I want to say to you, listen, 
It's okay to tell others about the story of Jesus. It's okay to stay amazed at it and to ponder its meaning and to glorify and praise God. In Luke 2, 14, it says, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. Listen, Jesus came that his favor might rest on you. Why not glorify God in the highest? You see, these poor men, these shepherds, as poor as they were, they had seen with their own eye, Emmanuel, God with us, God incarnate. They saw it. I don't get to physically see Jesus until he calls me home, but they got to see it in the prime of their life. They couldn't help but talk about it. But you know, Jesus came because it was a sad, it was a quiet, it was a lonely, it was an angry time there had been 400 years without a voice and the world was lost and confused and dying. Sound familiar? It was lost because it lacked direction. It didn't have any spiritual direction. It was confused because it lacked revelation and awareness of truth. It was dying because it had no salvation. There were empty sacrifices and sin. But over against that dying world, Christmas came in the form of Jesus the Lord. And you know what he said about a lost, a confused, and a dying world? He said, I am the way for a world that was lost. I am the truth for a world that was dreadfully confused. I am the life for a world that is dying. The way, the truth, the life. And the shepherds took that message in the only way they could. And you know what happened? They told everybody. You know what Mary did? She pondered it. You know what they all were? Amazed at it. And then they all joined glorifying God in the highest. The single greatest gift that you can give your family and the greatest way to celebrate Christmas is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the first thing we are to know about Christmas. You know, we, we record these podcasts for you to be able to take Scripture and get it into your life. We're shooting this tool for you to have for Christmas to let Christ get into your life. I want to encourage you that Christmas is here for you. I'm, I'm always amazed. I, my friend sitting right down here told me a story a few weeks back about how they, they wound up at Sugar Hill Church because of the Shine ministry. And as I was writing this sermon, the thing that, thought, that went through my mind was, I can't imagine the smile on Jesus' face when he came for them. I had about a 24 or 5-year-old woman stop me after the 930 service, and she crying crocodile tears, and was right over in the hallway. And she said, Pastor Chuck, I was waiting here until you got here. And I said, why well, can I help you? And she said, you know what? Today I said yes to Jesus. I, I'm, I'm done. I, I need him. And I want to thank you for telling me about him. I got done and I walked out and family hugged my neck. The lady said, we've been coming here for about four weeks now, but this is home. Right. We're here to stay. I walked back over toward the other and I ran into an older fella and he said, Chuck, I, I got a lot I got to fix in my life. Would you pray with me? Sure, I'd be happy to. 
Listen to me, friend. Jesus came, Christmas came for you. I don't care how messed up you are, Christmas came for you. Your family's out of whack. You got stuff to worry about. You got this party you want to go to, but don't know who will keep the kids. You got this party you have to go to, but you don't want to go, but you got to show up. You got this party that you're not sure you want to go to, but you have to go. And when you do, you kind of gripe about it all the way. But when you get there, it's okay. But when you leave, you talk about it, you know, everybody that was there. But in the middle of all that chaos, Christ came for you. Let's pray. The beauty of Christmas is Christ and Christ alone. The joy of all the season never happens apart from Jesus the Lord. And nothing occurs apart from him. So if today you'd say like about 12 folks did at 930, Chuck, I want Jesus. I want to settle that in my heart. I want to know that... uh, I want to know that he's my savior. I want to know that he is there for me. I I want to settle it just like that girl. I want to settle it. And the Bible just says, call on the name of the Lord. And you say, well, who's the Lord? Jesus is the Lord. And what you're really doing when you say that is, Jesus, count me in. I I want to thank you. You died for me. You, You rose from the dead. You did all that for my sin. You came for Christmas for me, that you might forgive me and that I might live for you instead of me. And I want to thank you that you did all that for me. Would you, would you come in and save me? If you say that today, Chuck, that's what I want in my life. That's, that's what I want to sell in my life. Just raise your hand. Go ahead, just raise your hand. Yeah. Amen, amen, amen. Keep them up. Just keep them up. Yeah, amen, 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 yeah. You can put them down now. I, just, I want to encourage you. Eight or nine folks said, that's me. My prayer is that you just trust that Jesus will, and he does come and live in your life, and he gives you the third part of that God, and he sends you the Holy Spirit to direct you and keep you. And I'll just trust that spirit to draw you when you want to follow Jesus and believers' baptism someday. But how good is it to know that Christmas came for you? When Austin shared with me that uh, we were going to finish this, this service with such a beautiful song, I thought before we get there, let's make sure all of us can come. Knowing it's a world in sin and air of pining, Till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. So Jesus, thank you that you came for us. That in spite of all our sin, you didn't ask us to fix all of our mess. You said, bring it all to you and you'd take it. I'm so grateful that's the Christ of Christmas. And I'm so grateful for these folks who have said today, that's my Christ of Christmas as well. Let us live in the knowledge that we're to tell the story, that we're to never stop being amazed by it, that we're to ponder these things and take the story of Jesus into our life in this season 
and that we are to rejoice and we are to sing because you are worthy of everything we could ever offer and so much more. And we pray all these things together in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen, amen, and amen. Let's worship him.
evermore proclaim old voice comes from but I like it hey that Jesus we were talking about he didn't stay a baby and he didn't stay in a grave let him go before you and make a way and make your crooked path straight because that's what he does let him go within you and bring you peace and joy fulfillment and contentment he can do all that because he is always good and you are always loved and on those days where the world's just beating you up, hop on his back and let him carry you through the middle of that mess, only to set you down victoriously on your two feet and wipe away your tears and kiss you on the forehead and wrap his loving arms around you so that you can hear your Savior say these words. Say it with me. I love you. I'll see you at five tonight. God bless you. Go in peace.